Should I use an agent, save the money and sell it myself? Here's a great case study that we'll talk about this morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes, episode 368. Yes, 368. Should I use an agent? Should I not use an agent? Sometimes in sales, like I reckon an owner, it comes across their head all the time because they don't don't necessarily understand what an agent does. And I love it when we had Lee Woodward on and he... And he said how many steps are involved. It was like 360 or 244. It was something insane with the process. A lot of the time, the owners just don't understand. And that's probably the biggest thing and the biggest responsibility for an agent to explain to the owner. It's not the actual, well, obviously there's a part of it finding the buyer, but there's so much more to it, isn't it, Mark? Good morning, Anmar. Yeah. Hey, Anmar. Look, 41 Warrior Road was just the best example for everyone today and this was a big sale um for us at the time where it was um the owners um came to me and they had um an offer of 10.3 and they were like you know what do you reckon and i said because they'd been working with this person that wanted to buy their land big block of land in warrywood they'd been working with this person for three to five years, this person been knocking on their door, we want to buy, we want to buy, and they'd been working this person up in price for three to five years. So they thought the money was really good. Mm. And put in perspective, it was an area of Warrywood that had been rezoned, um, so a lot of developers always knocking on the door. Um, yep. And this really actually flows quite nicely from yesterday's conversation about being landlocked and just not knowing because you've, you may have a development site, but you, you may not be a developer. You don't know any developers, but everyone's got an opinion. So you really just don't know. And after so long, they just thought it was a good deal, but just didn't really know which direction. And, and smartfully so, they reached out to you. And what was your, your advice on it? Well, what, what a lot of people don't know what agents do um, is a thing, is a process, and it's a process that I call discovery process. It's price discovery process. Now, to achieve price discovery, you need to be talking to the open market, not one buyer. Mm. To, to have that, that full disclosure and to go through that price discovery process, you need to talk to all developers. You need to talk to the public, in public, in it, not in private. So it's very, very different. And when you're talking uh, such large sums of money, which property sales are, you're not talking of 300 or $500. You're talking change my life figures between good price or bad price. So... These clients uh, in Warrywood were potentially thinking, you know what, we're saving probably one or 200000 on agent fees if we take this offer. But what they missed was they were not going through the price discovery process to know that that was a good price that they were being offered. Yeah, they're only speaking with one buyer. And the easiest way to for you to know that that way is not the right way is 
there's good teachers, bad teachers, good agents, bad agents, and there's good developers and bad developers. And not, I'm not talking about morally or ethically, just there's people who do stuff better in all fields. Now, the difference between maybe a, a, a good developer and a great developer could be getting 20 homes on your block to 25 homes on your block and seeing potential value where other people won't. Like, it's just, that is, that's true in nearly everything we, we do. And wouldn't you think the developer who, who can see that they can get 25 homes rather than 20 could pay more for that block? Now, if you're only ever chatting with one developer, how do you know you're getting the best? You can, you got a couple options. Or one, but even just one, it doesn't even have to be a developer. Yeah, or one person. Like, and yeah. an owner has a couple options, which we say to them: you can do the discovery process yourself, and may cost you ten grand, fifteen grand, twenty grand. And what we mean by that is, you get a town planner, maybe two. You get an architect, and you deal with everyone. But a lot of people don't want to do that because they, they've never been in that industry. And, and same again, they're not experts at it. They could be a school teacher themselves and they're like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Or you go to the open market. Priced, and that's still not price discovery. That's development Correct. potential discovery. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when these owners came to me on 41 Warwood Road, and I love having a real-life working example. It's powerful. Um, when these guys came to me, they said, what do you reckon? Is 10.365 a really good offer? And I said, probably, probably. But I said, I'll tell you what we do. And this was, this was awesome. I said, I'll tell you what we do. Um, would you be, would you be up to dropping 10,000 on advertising and marketing to know that this figure is unbelievable that you've got privately? And they said, yes. Mm. And, and, uh, I said, do you trust me? They said, yes. I said, okay, you 10,000? Yes, okay. So what we did, they said, but we don't want to lose this buyer. How long do you need? And I said, seven to 10 days. And they said, that's it. And they said, auction? I said, no. They said, tender? I said, maybe. They mm. said, okay, okay. So all we need is, is to invest seven to 10 days of our time and 10,000 of our money, and we will know whether that's a good offer or not. I said, yes. But also, if the buyer that you've got buys the property, I will exclude them from any commission paid. That was powerful. So yeah. what, they, what do you mean? I said, well, I'll go through this whole discovery process on price. I'll, I'm, I'm so sure and so guaranteed that I'll get a better price than these guys by going to the open market. I didn't talk about price. I just knew by going to the open market and how many buyers I had on my database for development sites. I said, if I don't get a better price than what you've got net in your pocket today, if I don't get a better price, you sell it to him for the price you've, you've, um, you're about to agree to. They loved it. Yeah, because it takes away the doubt of it as well. And the the good thing is when you've got the relationship with the developers on the database, it's not just like it's price and then development potential. And the job and the role of the agent is to look at both and help give advice either or. Because, Mark, if you only heard 10.3 million, you'd be like, well, it sounds good. Like, sure. But if you also then heard you could build 100 homes on you, like, oh, sounds a little home, sounds a little low. 
or if you could build two yep. homes, it sounds a little high. So it goes hand in hand. And that's where a lot of homeowners just don't have that ability in that type of scenario. So going to the open market, because a developer will, they'll often be conservative. They don't want to tell you if they can get 100 homes or 80 homes on a block. <laughs> but they also yeah. want to substantiate that they're the buyer for the process, especially in that case when you do a tender and you're weeding out, because we had like 30 or 40 people submit an application and your role is also to weed them out going well that's not very strong that is strong low price high price bad terms and you're weeding them all out till you get to say the top three or four and then you work with them and then but yeah. this is this is uh it's also an insurance policy guys and girls so i know we're talking big stakes at the moment 10 11 12 million bucks for a development site but this also works for selling a one-bedroom unit in Camberdown, in mm. a two-bedroom unit in Parramatta. The whole the, the idea of what we're talking about this morning is not paying an agent and running the gauntlet of did you get the best price? You know, like is is that the highest price? And this, and we're coming to it now. This is a great illust illustration of why you why uh, what 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 there's to risk and and the upshot that people have made. So back to back to the uh, they give me ten grand. These, these owners of the land, they say they give me seven days and they said, do what you can do. I gave them an assurance that if the person they had currently on the property bought the property through me, they wouldn't pay a commission, which was pretty ballsy, working mm. for free. Which the we are anyway. Goes, until it's sold. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah. We're one of the last industries doing it. When do you get a carpenter in and decide whether you want to pay him or not at the end? <laughs> yeah. You, you're no, paying per hour. An yeah. agent, you're not paying per hour. You're deciding if you're going to pay him at the end, if you like the price or not. You know, it's a cracker. Anyway, we, so what I said, okay, okay, I said, look, we've got a 1,000 people on our database uh, registered as, as developers, investors, people. We even had churches on there that wanted to buy the land. So yeah. we, um, we ran the campaign. What do you know? Within nine days of marketing this land, we had 17 written offers by way of tender on the property. Mm. Tell us the offers, Michael. Oh, they range from 7 million up to, in the initial stage, I think the highest, because it's three, 7 million to say like 11 million. So even in the first round, when you do a tender, you've got like round one, two, and three because you like bits and parts of each offer. Um, and I think because there was a couple of increases by memory. It was a couple of years ago. I think it ranged from yeah, seven so to eleven. So either way, they're winning, even it, like straight away after nine days. And then we're like, but we can get more. We can work. We've still well, got to go through the process. This is the thing that blew the client's mind that what we did. So what we did is I remember the glass table was sitting around. There was grandkids, there was kids, there was grandma, there was everyone that was assisting in the, in the decision-making process. What we actually did is we sat down uh, the active agents with their buyers uh, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our office together with the sellers of the property. We sat down and we laid out every single tender on the table. There was, yeah. you know... 
effect, effectively there was 130 million dollars worth of people's cash on the table mm. and we went through that and one of the most powerful things in an agent that knows what they're doing particular in this tender process was we qualified everyone so it wasn't just about how much money have you got it was about their capacity if they are the decision maker the person that made the offer when they had the ability to sign a contract what they were intending to, to do when buying the property, even down to who they were using to finance the property. We That's actually found problem. out that information. Yeah, that was your one. So that was really powerful where we actually, when we sat down with the owners and presented the offers to the owners, we actually presented all of those all of those um, uh, key performance indicators on the developers that, and buyers that were making offers. What we also did is we didn't take it on face value, the dollars. So we actually did more research on it, and that was when we went to round two. So the owners worked the owners worked out what offers they liked, which buyers they liked. Then we moved those buyers and those offers into round two. After that, uh, we found the two best buyers and moved those guys into round three. Yep. After that, we awarded the property to one buyer, and we gave them a trigger date saying, if you are not exchanging by this date, exchanging is buying the development site, if you don't do it by this date, it goes back to the open market. You can still buy it, but it goes mm. back to the open market. Tell us how it closed. Yeah, so that buy, because this was the key thing, and if you ever do an EOI, you must add this to your form because we had a... a, a EOI is expression of interest. Tender, you must have, because it will just cover your ass for this dialogue, you must have, when you when will you exchange? Is it one same day, five days, 10 days? Um, because that will cover you, because we were, the buyer had offer accepted, the offer had been increased. I think we're at 12 million at this stage. So it was much higher than where the owners wanted. Um, five days had passed and it had not exchanged yet. The, there was always a reason, I want to get this test, I want to get this test. And then I think it got to say seven days. And by at the five day mark, you're calling the underbidder who goes, we know you had no, you weren't awarded the property, but it still hasn't sold. Will you match what they had accepted? And are you ready? And that buyer was like, yes, we're ready. Keep in mind, I think the initial offer maker said they'll do it within five days. They had not, so then you don't. You've you've got all right to call the underbuyer, underbidder, and say when are you ready? They're ready. I think it got to like the end of the fifth day or the end of the sixth day because the the original offer maker still was delaying, and the owners like this is, and they're just red flags straight away. When you've done the form, you you said you're ready to go, hadn't paid a deposit either. So, like we said, it's nothing sort of as strong as. But you, you're so, still weeding it out, even if it looks good on paper. But that was... So what was the final offer? Uh, I think it was 12 or 12.1, wasn't it? So in conclusion, the owners had a private developer knocking on their door for five years. The owners did an incredible job of getting the highest price out of that, that developer. They got 10.365. The owners were not sure, were not confident in what they did. In, in that process, they trusted us. They invested only ten grand on a twelve million dollar sale, 
within within ten days, we had a signed contract with a awesome developer mm. for one point six yeah. seven one point six six five more. Even after we paid ourselves, we still had almost one and a half million more in the owner's pocket. Yep. Here's the catch: the ability of the of the um, of the deal was also stronger because sometimes oh, these yeah. deals exchange, but they don't settle. It was like a twelve-month settlement they had, and I don't even think they had the best from that developer. I think he offered more with us by memory. It wasn't much. Yeah, more. we so expected more out. Yeah, yeah. The owners did well, but oh, and that's where the trap is. Out of their old, out of their old buyer. Correct. Yeah. But that's where the trap is. If you're only dealing with that one buyer, you almost get a false sense of security. Of you may have yep. negotiated the best price from that buyer, and you feel great for it, but you haven't spoken to every buyer, and it hasn't gone to many many different people. And also, Mark, yep. they were very distorted because they'd been negotiating over three years. They're not even thinking about the actual market of what they're selling. So the developer's turning it into homes. In three years, those homes went up at like 40% in value. So not only, like they were so focused on their figure, they weren't necessarily thinking about what it would turn into. And that's a good trick from a, well, I wouldn't say trick from a developer. It works in their advantage. Like they could be at 10 million and 12 months later they increased to 10.2, but the GR of the site's gone from 40 million to 55 million. They're paying an extra 200 grand for it. Like there's so many things so to speak GR, GR means total sales prices of the of when they've developed the property. The gross realisation is, is GR. Yeah. So in a, in, a, in a rising market, it's a nice bankable figure. In a shrinking market, you're stuffed. But signing off, uh, don't pay an agent and save yourself a fortune. Was This was a 41 Warrywood Road. Was a cracker of an experience, a cracker of a story, even for us as agents that do it all the time, that we've shared with everyone today. If you know mm. anyone that's contemplating this and you want to share this story with, we'd love you. It helps us by sharing our content. And, uh, and Michael, I've got to say, going through the last 10 or 15 minutes on the story of this sale, I'm, uh, I'm pretty proud of the strategy and the expertise that, uh, that we all applied on this, on this exact sale. And, and it reminds you a little bit more about, reminds myself a little bit more about what we do. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good experience and we've replicated it many, many times. And it's a lot of owners sort of fall in that trap. You see it a lot, especially after the deals and you just, you think of this and go, ah, it's, yeah. What's that saying? It's, um, uh, it doesn't really apply. Bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Sort of almost in reverse. But anyway, I think that's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks, Admar. Anything else you want to add, Mark? Uh, that's it. Have Very a good. beautiful day, everyone. We've got rain again. And what the hell is happening with traffic in Sydney? That's all I want to ask. Well, the school holidays finished? Oh, it's finished. And yesterday it was nuts. It took 50% longer to get to work. And... I don't know what's happening. There is something crazy about traffic in Sydney at the moment. Anyone who hasn't been in the car, stay, stay off the road. Get a, yes. another hour, I reckon. All good. Cheers, everyone. See you, legend.